This is Live Well Talk on COVID-19 and stress. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint St. Luke's Hospital. The recent outbreak of COVID-19 has led to a disruption in our daily routines. Schools and businesses are temporarily closed. Social isolation is being encouraged. These changes can be difficult for some, may lead to symptoms of anxiety and depression. Joining me to discuss this topic today, as well as more about the COVID-19 is social worker Christy Aquino. Welcome. Thank you. You know, let's 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 start by this imposed cabin fever that's going to develop. You know, fortunately, that hopefully March comes in like the lion and leaves like a lamb, and so that people can get outside to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, by themselves. What what are some strategies to uh, prevent uh, stir crazy? Well, that's a good question. So yes, on Monday, right, we had these kids that were going on spring break, and now parents are told that they have to have kids home for four weeks. And even them are parents that I've had in my office over the last few days that are like, what are we gonna do? And so some of those strategies that we've really talked about is, is really trying to engage with your kids again, right? Using this as an opportunity to play the board games that you haven't played in a long time or cook or bake or, you know, whatever those things were that maybe you used to do with them, right? regroup and do those again and use this as an opportunity versus a tragedy. We can't play board games in my house because we're so competitive (laughs) that it just results in an argument, you know, so, so we, we refrain from board games in our house, but we'll we'll take some of that advice. (laughs) You know, it, it, it is interesting and a commentary on our society and the fact that we rely on the school system for daycare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rely on the school system to feed our children during the day. T- two working parents, single parent families. So it, it, is, it is a huge disruption when we do something like this, isn't it? Oh, it is huge. It is huge. You have, you know, parents are, are experiencing some anxiety and depression symptoms from the fact that not only are they gonna have their kids home for four weeks, but how am I going to feed them? What if I can't get to work? You know, a lot of times it's the grandparents who watch the kids when school is not in session. So now we're being advised to not take our kids around the elderly or not exposing the elderly population to different things. So now who can watch them? You know, even I've heard people who have teenagers and college students at home and they're like, well, I don't really wanna you know, subject my kids to watching other people's kids during this time, because what happens if, you know, they get something. And so it's just kind of a, it's a huge trickle down effect, you know, and people are trying to be very cautious, but at the same time, um, a lot of adults who are single parents, one income, you know, they're, sometimes they work two and three jobs just to survive, right? Well, how am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to get to work? You know, there's a lot of barriers that people experience. And in, in un, this isn't, uh, unlike a snow day, uh, you know, the, they're not going to plow the roads and it'll be over with tomorrow, you know, and you'll build a snowman and then go back to school. This is going to be extended. That's one of my fears. Uh, and I've mentioned that to other people that I'm, I, I don't want us to get to quarantine slash isolation fatigue and then have, because this virus will peak, will go down and then will peak again. That's traditionally how viruses mm-hmm. behave mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want people that it, with that second peak to just you know um, just say hey I've been doing this for four weeks I'm not gonna do this anymore which I completely understand you know when I'm questioned about should I go to a party should I go to a restaurant you know I say well you know uh, how many grandparents have to die before you're gonna 
stay at home, you know. Uh, and I think that's important because I think it's the younger people that will be the vector that transmit this virus. And, and you know, you're so right about the, the uh, disruption to finances. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, I, I would say 30% of the meetings that we're having and dealing with this are HR issues. You know, I, I mean, and they're complicated. They're not easy to fix. Right. Uh, Tom Richardson, who's a urologist, Dr. Tom Richardson, he, he was in my office late last night. We were talking about, because we here at St. Luke's, we had postponed non-urgent surgeries mm-hmm. uh, to conserve on supplies right. as well as reduce transmission. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he made a comment. He says, yeah, we're, we're postponing them, but I, he's eventually going to do those cases. He's eventually going to have that income mm-hmm. coming in. You know, so, I mean, and all the surgeons have just been awesome as far as stepping up and doing the right thing. And which is not a surprise. They're a great, great bunch of individuals. But he said that pizza parlor that nobody's going to tonight, they're not going to get that back. Right. You know? And I, I was told one time that the best restaurant is like two weeks away from closing. Mm-hmm. You know, two bad weeks, mm-hmm. they close. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine uh, the strain on that uh, additionally. And um, it, it is worrisome. What, what, what would you recommend in your specialty as far as someone that is experiencing those financial concerns. What 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 is, what is your step one? Well, I mean, even like for myself, I have a couple of college students. That one works at a coffee shop; that's her source of income. I have another one who works at a restaurant; he supports himself. You know, that's his source of income. And you know, it's really just being. I've been having conversations with them about being mindful about what you're spending, right? Because I think even on a day to day, we as Americans don't really realize the coffee that we're drinking or the extra snacks we're picking up or the vending machines and this and that. So, you know, being mindful of, okay, where can I cut? You know, restaurants closing are going to force us to eat at home more, right? So therefore that will help hopefully some uh, with some economic um, changes in the home environment, but really just being sure that you're being mindful, you know, and watching those. We can't control that the restaurants are closed. You know, right. we can't control some of the things that are going on. So we have to look at the things that we can control. That's a good, that's, a, that's, that's probably good advice, you know, and, and realize that everybody's in this. Um, but it's also a reminder for all of us to think about our neighbors, Correct. you know, and check on people, uh, help out if you can. You know, I, we, we, I have teenage daughters uh, that, you know, there's no reason why they can't help watch some children. Mm-hmm during the day and I, you know, I anticipate they will because it's important. You know, I worry about, I, I worry about the, the, um, you know, our staff here at the hospital that one, are they going to get sick mm-hmm. and be out and two, uh, you know, their children. I mean, you have to take care of your children and that's, that's a big strain. What do you, I mean, you're probably recommending, well, here's what I'm saying. Stay away from social media. Um, you know, if you were not using Twitter for medical reference and medical advice prior to the pandemic, don't do it now. Right. You know, now's not the time to start using Twitter. Because, But what, what, what's your advice on social media? I know you and I have talked about that before, yeah. and uh, I'm not a big social media person anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, we really should minimize that, shouldn't we? Absolutely. The, the tough space that we're in right now with social media is, is that it creates so much anxiety because we are reading all of these things and we're taking everything we see on social media as, you know, facts and truth, 
where um, that's not the case. And so we have to be careful of what are we listening to on social media? What are we watching? What are we responding to? But then the other side of that is, is we now have all these kids who are home also, right? And so their social outlet a lot of times is this is the social media to begin with. But now that they're not able to go to school, participate in sports, and have those connections with their friends, right. they they are going to need to stay more connected through the social media aspect to prevent some of the social isolation. But the parents are gonna have to play a part in that. And no matter what age, you know, the student or the child is, is, you know, really monitoring and being aware of if your child is spending more time in their room than what they are out with the family, we need to get them engaged. You know, find a way to get them out of their room and prevent the social isolation from happening even more than what it already is going to be happening in the situation. So um, it's kind of a catch-22 with yeah, the social is. media right now. Normally, I'm an anti-social media yeah. person too, don't get me wrong, but right now it's so tough. And yeah. I think that we just have to be mindful of, is it creating more anxiety in me? If it is, I need to put it away or delete an app or you know delete certain pages that you're following, certain people that we are following, you know, and really, if you're seeing something on social media that is creating anxiety in you and you find that you're, um, it's really bringing you down, I would encourage people to go back to the factual places. So like the CDC website or the public health website, go to those um, websites that have a lot of validity and that are very factual and and retain that information and let the social media aspects of what you're hearing go. Absolutely. You know, the, the CDC, which is a, a website that, uh, that I get alerts from all yeah. year long, you know, uh, but uh, um, it, it really is, it is very user-friendly. Uh, it's very intuitive and it, it does provide a lot of great information. What I mean, obviously people can't travel at this time mm -hmm. or, or shouldn't, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, what, 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 what advice, this is maybe a rhetorical question, but what sort of advice do you give for people that had to cancel their vacations? You know, I think sometimes that people anticipate a vacation as they need to get away to reduce stress in their life, right? And, and I've uh, read recently that that's the wrong philosophy to have, that you shouldn't be relying on a vacation to relieve stress mm -hmm. because it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, you just come back to it. You know, you need to do that. Yeah. So what, what advice do you give to people there? Well, I mean, I think with anything in this, with what's going on right now, all of this is new to all of us, right? Everything that we're experiencing right now is new to everybody. And so we're all treading the waters and we're all trying to figure out like what steps we do need to take. And I think, you know, the best advice that I can give to people is, is again, be mindful of the people around you. Having a brother with a disability that if he gets it, you know, he will die, you know? Correct elderly in-laws, you know, if they get it, they could die, you know, so being aware of it's not just you and your immediate family. It's not, you know, we may look at ourselves and say, I'm healthy, right? If I traveled out of the country or I went someplace, I would probably be okay. But I have people in my life who wouldn't be okay. Absolutely. And that, that's why I make the comment, you know, how many mm -hmm. grandparents have to die before right. you're going to follow these mm -hmm. instructions to, st to stay at home? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people compare this to the influenza and they'll say, well, you know, 50,000 people die from the flu every year. And that's right. It is right. But there's two paradigms there that we have to understand. One is we all have a little bit of immunity left over from previous flu seasons. Mm -hmm. 
So sometimes people get mild cases, particularly healthcare workers, because they're around it all the time. And we have a vaccination, we have medications to treat it, mm -hmm. Tamiflu for uh, influenza, as well as the vaccine. We don't have that with this. Mm -hmm. So if those 50,000 patients all presented to the hospital in their community on the same day, it would collapse the system. Mm -hmm. That's what we're trying to prevent here. It's, as I've said before, it's not a numbers issue, it's a time issue. We want to flatten that curve and to some degree it'll get extended so we can take those patients. And I'm comfortable we have contingencies for, uh, to handle that if we flatten the curve and if we extend it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that's why it's so important. You know, I think it's hard for people to understand that are going through this that, you know, football games are won in the fourth quarter, baseball games in the ninth inning, hockey games in the third period. Pandemics are won in the first quarter, mm -hmm. the first period, the top of the mm -hmm. first inning. This is, this is where we beat it. And, and then the rest falls into place and, and we can't delay things. I, I you know, myself, um, not sleeping a lot these days, uh, trying to keep everything running. And I think that's good advice. What, I mean, what would be your advice to healthcare workers that they got to take care of themselves? They do. And, you know, I am talking about social media, right? So our gyms are closed, right? There's no access to gyms. You can't go get your stress reduction through that outlet anymore as of, to, as of yesterday. And so I actually do some at-home workouts and, and connect with people through social media and hold myself accountable through that. And... Um, I think it's so important that we continue to utilize those resources that we do have. How can we do some yoga? How can we do some meditation? How are we really getting, um, staying active and keeping our minds and our bodies moving? So my, one of the ladies that I know on social media through my workout stuff, she said, I'm a healthcare worker. I'm being asked to work more. You know, I may Absolutely. be yeah, yeah. out of, I may not be accountable on here for a while. And the only thing I can do is encourage healthcare workers more than anybody to really make sure you're taking care of yourself, right? Because we all know when we get stressed and we're not sleeping well, that's when our immune system doesn't work properly. And that's when we start getting the illnesses that all the illnesses are going around, you know? And so we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves first and foremost, so that we can be the best for everybody around us. And maybe that's even just going in a, a quiet space and taking 10 minutes for some mindfulness or some, you know, quick yoga or whatever you or can do. Or listen to my podcast. Or listen that to your podcast. That would be a great thing to do yes. in those times. Yes. That, well, that, it's true. People should just listen to this podcast yes. throughout the whole social isolation, I think, just mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be good advice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen to a podcast in general, but yeah. specifically yours. Specifically this one. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's where they should start. <laughs> You know, it, it's, you're so right. You know, I, I kind of liken it to when you're in an airplane and they tell you, you know, put the oxygen on first mm -hmm. and then help your mm -hmm. loved one or the person sitting next to you. That's true in healthcare. Mm -hmm. You know, you got you to you have to take care of yourself. And we don't do that on, on a baseline, you know, let alone during these times. It, it, I do take a lot of pride. Uh, I always take pride in getting off the interstate and seeing that blue sign with the white age. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to me. But having work with my this team here with the flood mm -hmm. 2008 and then 2013 with Ebola you know I'm very confident that we, we have individuals that uh, um, that we can handle this we can do this I do worry about them getting sick mm -hmm. that's I lose sleep over that and supplies mm -hmm. um, 
I think we'll be fine on supplies. You know, you want to talk about anxiety. That that probably I lose probably more sleep thinking about supplies than I do anything else. And part of that is it's not that there's necessarily shortage. There is, and there has been for a while. We've been dealing with supply shortages. Seems like five years, mm-hmm. you know. And part of this, the the industries went to kind of a make and ship sort of model, so they didn't have stuff sitting in warehouses back in the early '90s. You know, that was the philosophy. Uh, I had a summer job at General Mills here in town, and you know they were going to where they didn't have a warehouse. It would just go right off the line in a semi and go to wherever it needed to go. So a lot of industries did that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't anticipate this 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 sort right. of event to happen, and I think that's. That's an anxiety that we have or stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think individuals are worried about, because uh, they're reading social media, of course, that we don't have the capacity to care for these people. And as I've said unequivocally, if someone in Eastern Iowa needs a critical care bed, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Between right. the four hospitals, St. Luke's, uh, Mercy here in town, and Mercy One in Iowa City, and the University of Iowa, we, I have a meeting, a call today with uh, the chief medical officers, uh, all four of us will talk. And, um, you know, we, we are sharing best practices and et cetera. Uh, and so, so that, 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 I think people worry about that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good story right. on uh, the news to say not enough ventilators, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it'll be fine from that standpoint. I do worry about the supplies. I yeah. do. And, and that's another reason why we should tell people don't, you know, don't hoard uh, be mindful that other people need things as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's something I, I hadn't really thought of, but just thinking about the social isolation, that, you know, check on people that can't get to the grocery store, right, right Chris? Right, I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. And even, like, last night, <clears throat> I stopped at the store for something, and there's no bread, there's very little milk, there's, you know, like, the shelves, the canned goods, you know, so be mindful of that, too. Like, if you already have you know, a, a fair share of, okay, I'm good for a week or two, then be mindful of that. Like, don't buy five loaves of bread because you can. You know, somebody may be walking in to get a loaf of bread because that's the only meal they can feed their kids. That's all they can afford right. for the week. You know, um, canned goods, just make sure that you're being mindful of other people. Uh, buy an extra, you know, thing, a couple of things and take them to your neighbor if you know that maybe they're struggling with kids at home. Be, this is our opportunity, I think, to kind of shine as a community and society to, to bring back that helping others, right? And really thinking outside of ourselves. I think when we talk about healthcare workers a lot, we had this conversation yesterday, a group of us is, when we get into a helping profession, we really struggle with taking care of ourselves, right? We struggle with asking for help. We oh yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I can remember, uh, you know, being a first year intern in Detroit and just being handed the code pager and say, "Hey, call if you need anything, but consider a sign of weakness." Right. You know. I right. Mean, so it, yes, that's the way we take it. Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. That is. It's a trial by mm-hmm. fire. It's it's mm-hmm. part of the profession. It's part of the. I, I think, you know, it's a, it's a badge of honor to some degree, mm-hmm. but we do need to ask for help. We do. And I think that then we have to also turn that around and say, that person may need help, but they're never going to ask me. Right. Right. So how are we being proactive and saying, I want to help you versus waiting for somebody to come to us and say, I need help. Because most of us, if we're a single parent or we are a healthcare worker or we are, you know, a stoic male, 
or an elderly couple that's always survived on their own, right? We're not going to step up and say, please come help me, I need help. Exactly. Because that's not our nature. So we as, as individuals also need to, you know, utilize this opportunity, utilize our kids to, you know, teach them that right now while they have four weeks out of school, teach them how to help others again, because that's kind of a lost art. It is. You know, and, and as you're talking about food and generational differences, like, like my, my wife knows how to can stuff because mm-hmm. of her mom and that her, my in-laws, they probably have like 27 years worth of canned uh, produce. Mm-hmm. In their basement, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so right. zombie apocalypse, that's where I'm headed because mm-hmm. we can sustain ourselves forever. You, I think the younger generations don't. Right. Do you oh, know how yeah. to can stuff? Do you, I do. Do you? Okay. But it's because I grew up with a grandmother who canned and a mother who canned. Yeah. And again, I would go to my mom's on the farm because there's freezers full of stuff. There's cans, you know, in right. the basement that we would survive forever. So, but you're right. Like our younger population, our generation doesn't know how to do those how to things. Do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also don't know what a rotary phone is, yeah, too. Yeah, that too. So that's, <laughs> we won't go there, Yeah, though. <laughs> we won't go there. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to cover? I don't think so. I think it's more just, you know, again, being mindful. And, and if you're feeling the symptoms and you're of anxiety or depression, you know, you're feeling kind of down, you're feeling like really anxious, you need to get out of the house, go for a walk, get a workout in, do some yoga. Your what we put in our body directly affects our mental health as well. So our mind, body, spirit connection, making sure that you're feeding that during this time. Um, being home with kids all the time is hard work. And I think we have to acknowledge that as parents and caregivers as well, is that if you're struggling with being home at your kid, with your kids all day, every day, it's normal. It's normal. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great point. You know, that's one of the concerns I have with social media is it's fake. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have Facebook, but, I, you know, I know what mm-hmm. Facebook is and everybody has the, nobody puts the, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, they give this uh, illusion that they have. And I think people compare that to, you know, to themselves oh, yeah. and then have uh, stress and regret perhaps. Right. Right. That's great advice. I would also, you know, encourage people that if you are, do find yourself struggling to make sure you're reaching out, you know, don't isolate yourself in general, reach out to friends and family, you know, let them know what you're going through. Even if they can't physically help you, they can listen, they can support you, you know, through phone conversations or FaceTime or whatever you utilize. But then if you're really feeling like I am out of control, I've never felt this way before, Make sure that you're connecting with a professional, whether that's following up with your provider, your primary care provider, following up with your employer. Maybe there's an EAP service in place that you can, you know, get free assistance for mental health counseling or reach out to a counselor. If you have a therapist already, reach out to your therapist, like make sure that you're connecting and staying connected the ways that you can, because we have to. We're going to get through this. That, it just is going to take some time. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, going back to asking for help, I, I recall that, you know, often if I, I'll see a member of the medical staff, a physician that I'm a little worried about, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll call them and, or I'll sit down and talk to them. And you'll find out that they're under a lot of stress for whatever reason, and, but they're not asking for help, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and uh, we, we get them the help they need, and that, that's important. One of the other issues <clears throat> I probably should have hit on earlier that affects me, I mean, I was like, whoa, no church. Right. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that was, I was, that 
that shot. I don't go to bars and restaurants for the right. most part. You know, right. uh, Jack's Pete's frozen pizzas four for ten dollars. <laughs> There's no reason to go out to eat. But 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 that that could be a a, a big uh, for people because that's a that's a weekly thing, uh, or just a part of their part of them. Mm-hmm. Well, in their spiritual health, right? right? Like so, that's the piece that people are going to find themselves missing as well. Is you know, that spiritual connection because Bible classes that people have gotten yeah, go to like yeah. on during the week or youth groups and some of those types of things, they're all canceled. Right. And so how are you even keeping your spiritual health going through all this? Are you waking up every morning and spending 30 minutes doing a devotional and spending time in prayer? Are you, you know, still having that Bible study, but now it's through Skype or um, Zoom or whatever other, you know, social or, you know, telehealth, right. not telehealth, but the, the tele things that they are there, um, you know, are there, what ways are you connecting to be able to sure, make sure that you're getting that spiritual health? Because again, it's the mind, body, spirit connection that we have to make sure is being, you know, fostered and, and fed during this time. That, that's great advice, Christy. You know, I'd like to have you back in about a couple weeks just to give a pep talk uh, on this. And, and, and uh, you know, we're going to have COVID-19 is, is going to be uh, ongoing for us uh, he, he, for a while. And so there'll be multiple podcasts. But I'd like to have you back about two weeks or so just to kind of, you know, uh, maintain that momentum uh, of, of dealing with this uh, crisis. I mean, it's a pandemic. It is. Uh, you know, fortunately, I, I told uh, Dr. Sunderman, the ER medical director, I said, you know, Fortunately, him and I won't be driving around in a Jeep trying to find a monkey like Dustin Hoffman and, <laughs> right. uh, in that movie. But, uh, but, but we'll get through this. And uh, this is great information and great advice. Simple, but powerful. And that's what's important. Once again, that was Christy Aquino. She is a social worker and a therapist here at Unity Point Health. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest for our talk on podcast, shoot us an email at stlukescr at unitypoint.org. We encourage you to tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers uh, about our podcast. Until next time, be well.